Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number five. Your problems aren't about you. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Changeable. In this episode, I want to share one of the most mind-blowing insights I had as I was starting to see more about this paradigm. So it totally blew out of the water everything that I thought was real and true in life. It was mind-blowing in that way, but it wasn't just mind-blowing like, wow, that's fascinating. It actually was incredibly helpful in a really practical way. So I think the things that were making my life tougher than they needed to be, my habits, my insecurities, my seriousness, the stuff that just felt heavy in my life really started to um, break apart and and fall away and look very different on the heels of seeing this that I'm going to share. It's around the way that we tend to identify with and take ownership of our experience. So for most of us, our unhealthy habits, our moods, anxiety, fear, these things look really different to us than something like um, catching a cold or losing your wallet. Now, we don't like catching a cold. We don't like losing our wallets. And we don't like being anxious or in depression or caught up in a bad habit. We don't like any of those, but they're really, really different experiences to us humans. And I think in particular, because our habits and our anxieties, they look so darn personal. We walk around thinking that these things say something about us. They show the world that we lack discipline, we lack willpower, we have issues that are unresolved, they broadcast to the world, so we reason, exactly where we don't have things together in our lives. So we walk around thinking that these habits and anxieties and issues are a statement about where we're lacking and where we're not in control. They're showing that we're weak. We feel shame and embarrassment around them. We hide them from people. I mean, we hide this stuff all the time. We even hide them from ourselves when we can. We reason that if we were stronger, smarter, or better in some way, this would all be different. (laughs) We'd be habit-free. We'd be anxiety-free. Therefore, it's something about us, something we're lacking, that if we could just get better, if we could just improve, this would all go away. And I think this is such a human thing, you know, to see it that way. It's so innocent and so human. And, you know, you probably could ask a lot of people and they'd say, no, I get that that's not the case. But then why are we hiding? Why are we feeling embarrassment and shame and guilt and things like that? They do. These things feel and look so personal. I remember when I was caught up, particularly in my binge eating habit, it was like life was this constant game of whack-a-mole where I was running around trying to be better in all sorts of different ways that really were not central at all to what was happening with this habit. So I was out there, like it was a full-time job, waking up, um, trying to do things like find my purpose. I don't know what that means exactly. That makes it really hard to do. Trying to be fully self-actualized, to be self-expressed, like all this stuff. It was a full-time job, seriously, trying to make myself better. 
And I did it all believing that if I was stronger, smarter, or better in some way, I'd be rewarded with a habit-free life. That's just, you know, I don't know if I would have said that if you'd asked me at that point. I probably would have. It probably looked that obvious and clear to me in my mind. And I think that's just how it looks to us. We take this stuff so personally, it looks like some kind of weakness or flaw. And so again, just one more reason to go to work. If the old paradigm and everything we've been taught about needing to intervene and do more isn't enough, well, here we are thinking that this means something about us, that we're caught up in some issue. So again, more reason to just do more, do more, be better, and somehow maybe this will go away. So the way we view this stuff is so full of me, me, me. The way we view everything in life, (laughs) I've mentioned that here before, I think, is full of me, me, me. But this stuff in particular, I mean, these are our problems, our anxiety, our insecurity, our depression, our addiction. We take ownership of this stuff in a way that we don't own catching a cold. Our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, our psychology, they look like they mean something about who we are. And Again, this makes sense, right? Because to most of us, to everyone in that OP, old paradigm, our psychology essentially is us. No one was looking before what shows up in the world. We didn't we weren't focused on what happens before a thought, feeling or behavior becomes observable and manifest and no one was curious or at least not enough people to be asking What's creating this? What's before all these thoughts, feelings, and behaviors? You know, we were just innocently looking at what we saw, (laughs) which to say it like that is like, duh, of course, we're looking, it was right in our faces. Our personalities, our character, our habits, our issues, all of that stuff was right in our faces, the observable part. So that's where we looked. I really hope if you've been listening to the first few episodes of Changeable, that you're starting to see this in a different way already. That would be awesome. (laughs) If you're listening here and you're just starting to get curious about what's there before this experience, you know, who are you before what you think or what you feel or what you did yesterday? What part of you, what is that part of you that never ever changes? That's just there. That's the same you that's been there since you were a kid. When your body grows up and changes, when your opinions and your thoughts and your feelings mature and change, we don't look at that and say, whoa, where did I go? We know we're here, but we don't really look there all that often. You know, we're not really having that conversation. But if this podcast or anything, anything in life, is helping you become aware that there is a place to look, just even knowing, you know, even kind of having that there. Yes, there's something that's stable, that doesn't change, that is us before our psychology. That's amazing. And just looking there is going to show you so much stuff. That's where this new paradigm looks. And it's fresh and full of potential there. It's not about wishing our experiences were different and hanging on that or trying to manipulate or change the world around us or the world within us. But it's really about seeing, wow, there's so much there already, always has been. And there's so much good in that. In that fresh, full of potential place, there's 
all the nice stuff we've talked about, safety and clarity and habit freeness and constant change and constant evolution. So it's just amazing, you know, just to even be aware now that there is a place to look, that we don't have to just focus on what's showing up in our experience. Because honestly, by the time this stuff shows up in our experience, by the time you think something or feel something or do something, it's washing away. Your mind fixes itself, remember? So it's like that snow globe has been shaken up. It's already settling down. But when that's the only place we know to look, we're hanging on it. We're looking and saying, yeah, but my snow's not falling fast enough or mine's falling too fast or whatever it is we're complaining about. We're trying to make it different, trying to manipulate things. So to just look toward the invisible, which I get is a big ask, but to look toward the invisible before all this stuff and see how amazing things are working already, how amazingly our design is taking care of things already. It's huge, really, really huge. So let's look for a second about this impersonal nature of our habits and our anxiety. I know that sounds a little nuts, like it's impersonal. How can it be impersonal? It's happening to you, right? It has to be personal. If you're the one feeling the anxiety or you're the one drinking too much or procrastinating too much or cheating on your spouse too much or whatever it might be, that has to be personal. It's happening in you. But what if it's more that it's happening within you. So it's not of you or by you or even because of you so much. It's life taking shape and it's happening within you or through you. The habits you have, the thoughts and feelings you experience, even the really long lasting habitual ones, things that have been around forever, they say absolutely nothing about the kind of person you are. Nothing. They say nothing about your nature because they're made of experience. They, they don't touch your nature. They might say something about the way your psychology has shown up in the past, the way your psychology happens to be showing up in this very moment. They might say something about that. But again, by the time we have the time to even make that statement about it, it's moved on. There's this constant refreshing, a constant flow of experience. And It's a little nuts how we innocently kind of stay stay staring at that. It's like it wants to flow through us, but we're still looking at what's way past us by now saying, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what happened. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is the kind of person I am, my character. None of that says anything about who we are. It simply tells us something about the experience that's shown up And it tells us a little bit about what we see about our experience. You know, when when habitual thoughts and feelings and urges and insecurities show up, well, that happens. I mean, that stuff happens to everybody. But when we don't understand that that's not us, so when we're in there trying to fix them or stop them or resist them or change them in some way or we're judging them, we just bring it to life a little bit more and it just bogs us down a little bit more. Now, none of this changes your nature. Again, you're still fine and this is still just at the level of experience. So it has nothing to do with you and it's really not deep at all. But it's going to be a little harder. (laughs) Like it feels harder to be with that because we're caught up in misunderstanding about what it is. It just looks so much like us and feels so much like us. And it feels like because it was our past, it's got to be our future. And 
all of this stuff that we innocently, innocently make up. It's all misunderstanding. So how is it that we're missing this? I mean, besides the fact that, as we've discussed, there's this old paradigm that points at us toward what's observable. You know, those are pretty good reasons. Everyone and everything and all the smart people in our lives have told us that it works this other way. They've pointed us toward our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and said, those are yours. That's you. That's that's who you are. So that's reason enough. I get it. But it's really fascinating to see how our experience shows up within us and how easy it is to just think that it's ours and get really caught up in that. And, you know, if this stuff just shows up, I use that phrase a lot, it shows up, meaning we don't put it there. Why would we? Why would we put insecurity or jealousy or fear there, wherever there is? Why, why would we generate that experience? We wouldn't. We don't. It's the way life shows up and moves through us. And in our innocent, innocent, innocent misunderstanding, we call that us. So I want you to start to get a sense of it in that directionality. It's like stuff moves through us, sensation, and our mind tells stories about it and says, ooh, you're worried. You must be a worried person. You're jealous. You must be a jealous person. You're so insecure. Why are you feeling this way? I can't believe you feel this way. And on and on and on. And now, rather than these feelings, these sensations, just being something that moves through us, now it becomes like, ooh, now this is sticky and this is me and it's mine and I have this problem. You have a desire for a cigarette or a drink or some junk food or whatever it might be, fine. But then our mind comes in and says, ooh, don't have too much. What does that mean? Now what? You know. And in the case of some of these, obviously, there's a chemical issue that happens and, and we have this experience that's like brought to life and suddenly it looks so real. And because that's what's confirmed from the outside world and that's what people tell us about it, now suddenly you have an issue. You have this habit. You have it. That's the way we talk about it. It's yours. So it's no wonder, you know, that it feels this way and it looks this way. But if we can start to see it's more that this stuff shows up and then we innocently in a second, in a millisecond, really, we innocently come in, our minds come in and own it. Our mind comes in and tells a story about it and identifies with it. And that's what leaves us feeling stuck in it and feeling like it's all about us and it's our problem. So remember in episode four, I believe it was, um, I talked about children. This is why children don't really find themselves caught up in stuff to the same extent that adults do, because they don't do this. They might feel, let's just make this up, like take your take some made up child take some made up adult, they both, let's say, a thought of feeling really insecure, really like, oh, I'm not good enough or what are people thinking or whatever, like a thought like that shows up through them. What is that really? I mean, it's this sensation that we feel, this feeling, and then it's a mind telling a story. Now, even if, and this probably wouldn't be the case, but even if that little kid's mind told the same story as the adult's mind, so even if in their own ways there was this this mental kind of interpretation or sense of I'm not good enough, I mean, that would happen. They're just going to be different language and different ways of, of thinking that. But so let's say we have the kid and the adult. They both feel this sensation. They both interpret it as some something along the line 
lines of I'm not good enough. And then it moves because that's what thought and feeling do all by itself. Every time it moves through and the kid goes and plays out in the sandbox and the adult says, holy crap, what am I going to do about this? Why am I not good enough? What's lacking? What's wrong? What should I do? How can I fix myself? How can I become good enough? Now, I'm obviously exaggerating for the effect of this illustration, but think about that. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do. And that's how this stuff comes to feel so stable and personal and really show up over and over again, because innocently in our minds, we've called it ours. We've thought that it belongs to us. So our mind is always looking for reasons why we're feeling the way we feel, why we're doing the things we do. And it's always tying those reasons into us and our character and what it means for us. And, you know, you might hear that, look at that illustration and think, wow, I just wish I could have the mind of a kid again. And yeah, it's pretty awesome, it seems, to have that kind of mind. But I don't want to make it sound like our adult minds have gone wrong. They haven't. We just have innocently been pointed in the wrong direction and we've misunderstood this. So I don't know if this is true or not, but my hunch is that, you know, the adult mind latches onto that and does all that thinking and attempts to fix it and all of that. Because in our in our misunderstanding, we don't think it's going to fix itself. And we know that we're ultimately happy. We know that deep down, our true self is peaceful and content, and we want to go back home. We want to feel well because that's just going home. We, we know that that's how life's meant to feel. So in our sort of, you know, backward misunderstanding kind of way, that's our mind really thinking that it's doing right by us. It's searching and thinking and figuring and making stuff up all in a way to kind of get us to feel back home. But if we just have this understanding, we don't need any of that. Like, I'm not saying your mind's not going to go there, but you're going to start to see through that quicker and quicker so you can have more of that childlike experience because we don't, you know, this stuff isn't ours. It just shows up within us. Your mind might habitually jump out and call it yours and identify and go to those reasons. But as soon as you start to see through that, And already, just by listening to this, there's no way you're going to be duped by that to the extent that you have been in the past. You're onto it. It's revealing itself to you. It's being revealed right now. So the more we get onto this and we see that that this stuff isn't ours, I didn't put that there. I didn't put that insecure thought there. It just showed up. And then my mind said, that's mine. I feel this way. The more we see that, the more free we feel. So it's not about fixing things. It's not about taking the right actions and doing the right things like the OP told us it was. It's about seeing clearly, just seeing that our experience moves through us. And yes, it's sometimes uncomfortable, but we don't need to fix a feeling. Feelings fix themselves. Seeing that we are the wellness within which that experience flows. Habits don't arise because we're weak. They arise because they distract us from painful experience that we think is us. So again, the misunderstanding is like, oh, I don't feel well. This is me. This is a problem. And then we find these habits. I'll talk much more about this in a future episode, but we stumble upon these things that distract us from that. And because our brain is so good and it wants to help us so much, it learns that. It keeps track of that and it keeps replaying that stuff over and over again. 
So you feel some discomfort because we innocently misunderstand it. We think, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not good enough. I have a problem. Again, you can see how taking this stuff personally, believing that it's personal, leads us into all kinds of other issues because now it's a real problem. It's not just some experience that's going to come up and float away. It's not going to fix itself, we think. It's about me. So we stumble upon things, again, always trying to feel like ourselves again, always trying to just get back home. We stumble upon things and then they get a little sticky. So our willpower attempts and our discipline attempts, they don't help. If anything, they often hurt because now we're coming in fighting something that doesn't need to be fought. It isn't a problem to begin with. Change is always happening on its own by nature. So when we're adding so much pressure and thinking to it, calling it ours, mixing it in with shame and guilt and fear, we're just innocently slowing it down. So don't do that, okay? <laughs> Let's just stop doing that. Consider that what shows up within you is not personal. You didn't put it there. It just looks so sticky and like something you need to pay attention to because we innocently, innocently misunderstand it or we did misunderstand it anyway. You're starting to see it in, in a clearer, more accurate way now. Now you're starting to really understand it. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Subscribe to Changeable and please consider leaving a review so others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com and grab the free PDF, Three Simple Ways to Break Free from Habits, Anxiety, and Addiction, even when you've already tried everything else.